Well, hey there, my friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of The Link. I want to say a special welcome to the Woodside Bible Church family and to all of our friends who maybe aren't members of Woodside but enjoy watching The Link. A welcome to you as well. Today, we get a chance to talk to a special group of people. You know, so often you hear the church talking about the importance of reaching the next generation, but I think it's important that we also listen to the next generation. So today, we're going to have a Gen Z conversation. We'll explain what Gen Z means by social definition, but even more importantly, we'll get a chance to hear their hearts about how they're experiencing the season that we're in uh, as uh, as a church and how we can more effectively equip them to live, share, and defend their faith. I am so excited uh, by our guest today. Joining me is Allison Burke, who is uh, going to Moody Bible Institute, currently a junior at Moody Bible Institute. When she was here uh, back home, she was serving as an OASIS leader, uh, helping to serve our students there, and also uh, participated in our Leadership Institute. I'll get a chance to talk to you about that in a moment. Thanks for joining us, Alan. Thank you for having me. And also, Michael Williams, who has a smile that can light up a room. I'm so excited about him being with us. He is at Wayne State University serving there. He's a senior uh, there, also helping to provide leadership at our Detroit campus for our student ministry there. Micah, so great to have you. Hey, I love to be here. So grateful for you. And then sitting at the end, I guess we're kind of the old guys that yes, book in this conversation. We're, we're the bookends. Is Mr. <laughs> Joe Crab. Joe Crab has served as the leader for our student ministry here at Troy, but also helps to provide leadership for all of our campuses through Essential Ministries role. Loves our students and our families. Joe, great to have you. It's always a pleasure to be here, Chris. I'll Thank start you. with you because once we start uh, with our other guests, they're going to take over, I'm sure. Yes, they well, are. Let me just We're start excited. by asking you, Joe, to define what Gen Z means and talk a little bit about your passion and why it's so important to you that the church pour into Gen Z next-gen leaders. Yeah, yeah. So just from a baseline understanding, Gen Z uh, there's a little bit of generational bleed over because you get three or four years as a, uh, a generation transition, so millennial to Gen Z. So a lot will say they're anyone born after 96 or born after uh, 2000. So 24 to, to 20 year olds uh, would be the end cap of them, so to say. And then anyone born after that. So our middle school students, our high school students, our upper elementary students. And so for me, I've been doing student ministry for 10 years. Uh, and this is the, the generation that I've grown up with or been ministering to. And so they are, there's a couple of different markers for them where millennials were kind of pioneers in technology. We were the, the country roads and the Model Ts. <laughs> they are with dial-up internet and everything. They are the, the super highway and sports cars and everything. They're digital natives, uh, well-educated, um, very, very global uh, because of the connection, the international connection, very diverse uh, in community. And so some of those traits mark this generation. Uh, and my heart for them is, is as such, I, I think with this generation, a lot of people think through, um, this is a generation that connects through screens and they connect through phones. And with a generation in which everybody can be seen, they desire to be known. They desire to be understood. They desire to be understood, not just through the bias of other generations or the viewpoint of other generations, uh, but for who they are as uh, who God has created them to be. And so our passion in student ministries and 
having served with the both of them, both as people who represent Gen Z and still serve actively uh, with middle school students and high school students, is how are we creating a space in which students know that they are known as a reflection of how they're known by God. And so, like I said, so key with a generation in which everybody can be seen, they desire to be deeply known. Yeah, I think about what Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, let no one despise you for your youth, but he encourages Timothy to set an example. It's almost as if he's looking at Timothy saying, you need to be a leader now. And when I think about, Joe, the gospel and how young Jesus's early followers were, so often we see those movies and we picture them as old men with beards. You but and me. Some, <laughs> but some estimate that um, uh, some of the apostles were as young as 18 years old or in their early 20s. And to me, that causes me to look at your generation and say, man, you guys, your time to lead is now. Yeah. So Allison, I would love though to hear your heart about what has this season been like uh, for you? Obviously you're home from school, a lot of things that you have planned, I'm sure, got disrupted. But this has almost been your entire life. When I think about all that your generation has been through already, this has been quite a season for you guys. So what has it been like for you? Yeah, it's been um, nothing short of exciting and tough at the same time. Um, I think the transition from being in the classroom to being online um, was not that fun. And I think a lot of Gen Z folks can um, attest to that. Yeah. What about you, Micah? What has it been like, it just, not just from school, but just man, how life has all changed? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's been crazy refining. I think that's like the one thing that we were kind of talking about a couple of days ago was just like, there, since we're, Gen Z is in such a transitional period, and I think a lot of other generations have already established, like they're working, this is their career, they already went to college and everything. But for us, it was like, whoa, like, like everything just kind of got stripped away. It's like, what, what are we actually doing? Like I, I consider, I was like, should I really finish out school? Like what, like what am I doing this for? I'm paying all this money to do this. And I think, I think like our trajectory of our lives are still so like, so in, in balance right now. Like we don't know where we're going. So I think for a lot of us, at least me personally, it's like, what am I actually doing? Like what is God actually calling me to do? Because what I decide in the next couple of years can really shape a lot of my trajectory for like the 40 year career type of. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because you're right. I mean, it's one thing when you're establishing your career in your family, you just kind of just kind of keep doing the next thing. But when you're in that season of shaping what you should do and the world overnight uh, changes, you do begin to have that insecurity. So Allison, talk about what this season has been like from a friendship and a relationship perspective, uh, connecting with people, because again, that kind of went away overnight. Yeah, I'm really grateful um, that the internet exists and that technology is the way that it is um, because it does make it a lot easier to just reach out to people and to look to be intentional because um, that's been a huge part of just maintaining relationships is just looking to be intentional. Yeah, and I think that when we talk about the beauty of technology, there's a downside too, Oh right? yeah, oh yeah. And so thank God for that. But um, is there a time when you kind of get exhausted with that? Is there a time when you say, man, I am sick of FaceTime. I'm sick of uh, just connecting through social media. I need some human interaction. Or is that okay to go without for months on end? Yeah, I think um, just keeping a pulse on yourself and being like, okay, I need to draw some boundaries here. Um, how can I take care of like my own 
mind um, and maintain my friendships because um, it, it's exhausting. Yeah. It, yeah, it was pretty exhausting. You know, when you think about that, though, Joe, um, Allison brings up something I think is not talked about enough and is really important, and that is keeping your mind. Yeah. You know, uh, there have been so many studies about anxieties being on a rise. How have you helped those that you have uh, been ministering to just navigate through the season? Yeah, I, the big part is is that in a, a world that seems as ever changing, and and in some instance for for this generation, their world is always changing. But you can go from one day feeling like I've got all the friends in the world, to the next day feeling like you're the, the you're all alone. You go one one day from uh, both both of them are on on social media, and both of them are on TikTok, and both of them have had videos that have have blown up, have kind of like gone a little viral. So you can just go one day of like, I just did this fun. And now by the end of the day, man, millions of people saw something that I posted. And so knowing that that's a reality that's highlighted more through a pandemic, as Micah said, it's not even just, oh yeah, like friends changed or I went viral for 15 minutes. It's should this be my career? Should, should this be what I'm being investing in? Is there really this much value in athletics that I was putting before for some of our high school students? But for us, as we look to minister to students in any of those sorts of seasons, it's to remind them of the hope that anchors the soul. It reminds them of some universal truths like, hey, the world is ever-changing, but God is unchanging. And in that presence, there is peace to be found. And how does that then um, influence, uh, dictate your mind, your thoughts, bring out a rest and assurance and, and hope. So Yeah, I like to think of peace this way. Peace is not the absence of conflict, but it's somehow being able to find hope in the midst of the storm. And sometimes we can't pause the chaos. It's happening all around us, but we can uh, separate ourselves from it for a season with Jesus and through prayer and through our time in the word, be able to be reminded of the things that are true and right and good. You know, Micah, it'd be one thing if all we had to deal with was a pandemic, yeah. but there's also been all of this social unrest. Yeah. And uh, I know that you're at Wayne State. So in many ways, um, just right there in the heart of it, how have you navigated through that? And what do you think that the church needs to understand about your generation's perspective on all of this? Mm, man, I think I, it, was, it was really, really difficult for me in the beginning stages. I think just, especially just as like a young black man, especially like just watching like that, the George Floyd video, I think I just rocked me to my core. Didn't want to talk to anybody for days. Like nothing, there was just like nothing that felt like that anybody could really do to, to, to kind of like move me any sort of way. And then watching as, as there was just like so much social unrest and so many people are just taking different sides. And I think it just like brought me to tears every single night. Couldn't I just stop going on social media? It was just everywhere. Everyone was sharing their opinion. And then it was just kind of one of those things where it was like, man, like I think, I think the heart that, that God has given me and I think the heart that God's given our generation is really like we want to do something. We see an issue. Like I think something that we've been talking about is just like the, that no longer our community is just the people who live right next to us. And with this social media age, our community is people who are across the city, across the world, that that is our new community. So people's hearts are breaking over issues that don't even pertain to their necessarily their street that they walk on or the school that they go to. And I think... So that, that just like was stirring, stirring in my heart. And I think one thing that was just absolutely amazing, I think God just put on me and like two of my friends' hearts was just like, yo, like, like there was all these protests going on, but at the protests, they're, they're saying all these, these nasty things about the police or politics and all these things. And it's like, man, like where, 
where is like Jesus and all of this? And then so we really were just like, yo, let's, let's do a prayer march. And I think our generation was just so quick to jump on it. In 36 hours, we had over 90 people come to this prayer march. We just put a couple of things on social media. And I think that's just like, that, like the, the pulse of our generation. It's like, man, this is an issue. There is a problem. We don't, we don't know what to do. Someone just tell us what to do when we're there. Like we're there to help. We're there to whatever, give everything. We don't, we don't have much to hold on to right now. We don't have children. We don't have like really solid careers yet. It's just like, yo, like what, what can we do? Let's do it. Yeah, that's yeah. good. So a couple of things in what you just said that really gives me insight. Number one is the ability to empathize with something that may not be touching your life personally. And I think that this is a phenomenon, Joe, that I see a lot of older Christians struggling with. Like, hey, this has nothing to do with you. Why are you uh, lamenting? Why are you so upset? And it's because the definition of community has changed. It's not just those that are on my street or in my neighborhood or high school, but through social media, it's everywhere. Secondly, through technology, the ability to mobilize quickly large numbers of people. Now, that's kind of like a superhero power. <laughs> you know what they say to superheroes, use your powers for good and not evil, right? So if you can mobilize people quickly and, um, and, and passionately, it's really important to mobilize them the right way. And man, how blessed am I? And I think everyone should be to hear that one of our leaders mobilized 90 of his peers to pray, to march where the marchers march, but to pray. But there's also something you didn't say that I pick up in your conversation, and that is this fearlessness. I think a lot of times people watch the news, and let's be honest, it can paralyze us, right? You're watching all of this, and uh, it's pretty intense. But to know that you have a generation that's pretty passionate about getting involved and not being afraid. Allison, what about you? How have you processed all of what's been going on? Yeah, it's been like um, just a lot of information coming in. Um, I think it's been really neat to watch um, like my peers and like myself just jump in to want to learn more yeah. and to um, just try and do what they can to stand up for injustices. Yes. Um, yeah. And what about being able to not get overwhelmed by it all? I mean, it has to feel, I would imagine, just like overwhelming. I know for me, it feels overwhelming. For old guys like Joe, it feels <laughs> overwhelming. So what about you? How do you keep from being overwhelmed? Yeah, I think one of the biggest, like most helpful things to me is to step back and remember that like I personally am not anybody's savior and that I like obey and serve like the only savior. Yeah. Um, and so just to keep lifting different things up into prayer and just seeking Jesus on that one. We can stop right there. I mean, it's so important to remember that, right? Like ultimately we have to point people to Jesus. I love this definition of evangelism that it's just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread, right? So I'm just as broken as you are, um, but I did find someone who can heal your soul and uh, pointing people uh, that way. Um, one of the big questions I often think about as a pastor is how can a church more effectively um, support your generation, disciple your generation? Um, I'd love to hear you guys respond to that. So Micah, um, if you could say anything to pastors, leaders, you're a PK. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what do you want the church to know about how we can best serve you guys? I think, I think something that especially that I was thinking about it and, and I think God was just like revealing to me over, over quarantine was just like, yo, like what, 
I think the church like really, really clearly defining like what their purpose is and like what, why are we actually here? Are we more obsessed with like tradition and the methods? Because, because that's something that I think our generation is really good. It's just like inauthenticity, just all, we automatically, I think it's very easy for us to be like, oh man, that's not authentic. They're not really here for that. But it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like, yo, like what, what is the, the heartbeat of this church? Because if their heartbeat is to reach souls with the gospel, then, then they're going to be willing, then some of their methods are going to be willing to be a little different. And I think that was something that happened to me over quarantine, kind of going back to what Joe was saying about, about TikTok. I, I personally, I, I hate that app. I literally, like, people, people talk to me about it. Like, when people are like, oh, you're Gen Z, I was like, oh, no, call me a baby boomer. Like, I don't do that. I don't do the dances. I'm not renegade or go. anything. There you uh, go. But, but it was just something where it was like, yo, like, like, with quarantine, you cannot see anybody. So I'm used to being on campus, being able to share the gospel with everybody. And then, then you so those so now it's now it's done and then it's like yo so what am i like god what are, are you still calling me to share the gospel with this generation though and i'm like well where's everybody going like tiktok had the most downloads this past year and i was like all right like i'm gonna I'm try it out god whatever and like and seeing like some of these videos go like absolutely insane reaching people all across the world and, and people coming in and getting like dms on instagram and things like yo like this completely shifted how i view god like like i'm crying i'm in tears my whole family da 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 like we're all praying like all, all of these different things where where it was just like, I just, I put down, I laid aside like what I really, like what I, how I felt and what I wanted. And it was just, and I think that was like the one verse I wanted to pull up when, when Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9 and 20 verse to 23, it says, to the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, uh, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I might share with them in its blessings. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's just, I think that's so powerful as like a church. It's like, yo, are we really concerned about reaching this next generation? Yeah, I think that organizations broadly, when they're committed to their mission, continue to live and thrive. When they're committed to their methods being sacred, then you die because methods do change. And I hear you uh, saying that. I think it's also so revealing how we think about the world differently. You thought, thought about TikTok and how can I use it? Uh, missionally, I thought about how can I invest in this stock so I, so I can have retirement uh, plan. But anyway, I need to repent. You're, you're totally, you're totally so looking at it the right way. Uh, okay, Allison, imagine having a room full of pastors uh, from all over the country and you get a chance to say to us how we can best support your generation. Uh, what would you want us to know? Yeah, a few things kind of come to my mind initially. Um, I think that um, being unafraid to address and tackle tough topics, yeah. um, especially things that might seem like taboo or like just something that we would just kind of not talk about. Because yeah. um, kids kids are thinking about different things and it, it's yeah. a, the church needs to be able to um, address that where they are. Um, I think being able to empower young leaders, um, just letting them know like who they are in Christ and what that means giving them a way to do that, and then just not watering down the gospel, just yeah. like presenting it over and over again, like this is who Jesus is and this is why you need him. Yeah, I know it's an older book, uh, but I remember when Do Hard Things came out. Oh yeah. Right, and the challenge of uh, the gospel being presented and not watering it down and not just having 
uh, hype and uh, fun be the only message, but a message of, yeah, Christ does call us to do hard things, but by his grace, we can do it. Uh, Joe, I would love for you, if you could, for just a moment to speak to uh, parents or student ministry leaders about advice and wisdom. And I, I seriously just want to say how much of a gift you are uh, to the body. And I know Allison and Micah agree with me. Uh, your leadership has meant so much to us as a church. So what do you want parents and student ministry leaders to know that you've discovered about how to effectively, most effectively serve this generation? Definitely. I think to the student ministry leader and to the, the leader in, in general at the church is, uh, Micah kind of hinted at it, is the need for authenticity. Because of the um, sight that Gen Z has, what they can see and know about a church and the people that fill the, the rooms of our worship centers is that Gen Z is a generation that they can they sniff out a fake. They sniff out a fake. And so the church needs to make sure, the student ministry leader needs to make sure that you're being true to, to who you are. And uh, above all else that you are, like Allison said, preaching the gospel. When students come to, to Oasis to wake, they don't hear my opinion. You know, heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of the Lord will remain. And so they need that hope that anchors the soul. And uh, there is that, that certain things that we don't do here, not because they're you know, sinful. Yeah, we don't do sinful things here. We don't aim to do, right? Um, but there are certain things that we don't do here because it's not us. Because if I got on, on TikTok and I tried to do what Micah did, and I did it underneath uh, Woodside Students Troy, they don't want anything to do with it. It's, it's, not, it's disingenuous. And so I think for a student ministry leader, we have to remember that kids care more about how empathetic you are than they care about how relevant you are. Yeah. You, don't know how to, you don't need to know how to yeet or, or renegade or anything like that, like whatsoever. Like, Thank you. And, 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 <laughs> I appreciate but, that. But that should actually be encouraging. Yes. You, I love what you said to, to, to them earlier regarding, man, you guys are being empathetic. And isn't as leaders, that's what we want them to do. And so I think for a parent or for a leader or for an adult in the church, for us to have that same sort of empathy, if this is a generation that's willing and able to put themselves in the shoes of others, especially the least of these, how much more so should we be doing it? And so if, I love that they're leading the example but man, how, how are we then modeling that back to them? Um, as opposed to saying like, you're just young, so you just don't know. There are things that they don't know, but I'd be arrogant to think that there aren't things that I, I don't know either. And part of the reason I, I know that I'm a better pastor and a better leader and a better father is because of Allison and Micah and, and those that they represent because of what God's done in their life to teach me. And so I hope that that same heart that you guys hear um, is what a ministry leader and a parent would say, how can I learn from the work that God is doing in and through this generation? You know, I started pastoring uh, my first church when I was 26. And, uh, and I remember stepping into that leadership role. And I'm so grateful that there was a generation of folks that were older than me that listened to me, that respected me enough to listen to me. And I just want to say to parents, to moms and dads out there, that I think one of the greatest things we can do, one of the greatest acts of love and kindness is listening. Just being able to not just invite Gen Z into our story, but to enter into their story and say, like we've been saying, what does the world look like from your eyes? And you're going to hear some things you may not like, 
uh, but you need to hear, and you're going to be able to have more credibility when you speak and say, now that I've listened to you, can I share some things that I think can help you that's helped me? Uh, you know, sometimes we don't need to be the sage on the stage, if you will. We need to be the guide on the side to say, let me walk with you through this season. You guys have been a huge blessing to our hearts. I want you to know that we are so grateful for you. And we do want to support you as you walk out your calling. And we do want to pray for you. So I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Joe if he'd be willing to pray, not just for you guys, but for all of our uh, Gen Z uh, family members that God would just encourage, equip, and that he would give you peace. And I will say this as another note, that if we're going to specialize in any area of ministry, I think mental health is a huge part of it because depression is real. Grief is real. Anxiety is real. Suicide is real. Self-harm is real. Cutting is real. And we need to understand uh, the mental pressure that so many of our um, sons, daughters, uh, college students, high schoolers are going through and try our best to minister to them as well and not make that a taboo topic. So please know that we're going to equip you to do that. Uh, but let's start by praying about that as well. So Pastor Joe. Thanks, Chris. Holy and Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for who you are. God, what a gift it is to know you through your son, Jesus Christ. And Father, to be able to be a part of this family, your bride, the body of Christ, the church. And so, Father, we thank you for those in this generation known as Generation Z that make up this body. Father, for the blessing and gift it is to, to know them, to serve alongside them, Father, to see how you have gifted them and placed them in this time, uh, Lord, to, to be able to carry forth the gospel for your glory. So, Father, I pray for those who are our leaders, uh, whether they be parents or ministry leaders, Father, or, or just ad other adults within the church, that, Father, that you would fill us with a spirit of humility, uh, empathy, patience, that, Father, we would enter into conversations so that we may learn from our brothers and sisters uh, in Christ. Father, we may grow together to see this world transformed by your gospel. Father, I pray for these students. Uh, Father, I thank you for Allison and Micah and those that they represent. Father, we pray that they would continue to feel this sense of, of peace and knowing that that they are loved, that they are not alone, and that they are meant for more, Father, as they come to know your Son as Savior and embrace your will and your ways for their life. And so, Father, uh, continue to, to give us opportunity, uh, Lord, to remind uh, people to share the gospel, to remind people of the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. And God, we give you all the glory, and we pray this in the name of your Son and our Savior, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, Woodside and friends, I hope you guys are as fired up as I am to know that the next generation is here and ready uh, to take the baton, to run with it and to leave for Jesus. Let's pray for them and let's do all that we can to spur them on in their faith. I want you to know that in our postscript, there'll be resources and recommendations on how you uh, can continue to grow. If you are a Gen Zer, one resource I would love to recommend to you is Adulting 101. It's a great book that can help you to navigate through this season into the future. Thanks for watching. Can't wait to the next edition of The Link.